This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Aaron Rodgers says he's coming back, but should the Jets even want him in 2024? That's right. It is Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio on this Thursday. We got Thursday night football to get to. We've got so, so much more to get to, including Jay Norvell, the Colorado State head coach, and his comments on Deion Sanders. Why do coaches keep throwing darts at Dion when they're getting ready to play him? The receipts are kept. Joseph Fortenbaugh, good afternoon. Why am I getting the under-the-chin view of you today on the Zoom? Uh, because I moved this, and first of all, it's under the chins. And secondly, <laughs> I wanted uh, just to be change nice. the setup a little bit. If you're uncomfortable with it, I can certainly adjust. No, it's okay. I can it's roll with this. It's not a great this. view. I don't, even, I don't even see you. At right you don't now even on see the, me? Yeah, you know, I think you killed your Zoom thing, so you, I couldn't see anything. It, it's certainly possible. We got a lot going on technologically right now, but that's neither here nor there. It's about you. It's about me. It's about quality content for it's about my chins. The people. The chins. There's, <laughs> I, I got a great view of all of them. That's why I wanted to comment on it right off the top. <laughs> Carla versus Joe presented by Progressive Insurance. Want you to be a part of the program at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. The big topic to start things off is going to be, should the Jets even want Aaron Rodgers back next year? But... Uh, Let's get to the the dramatic statement that we had yesterday. Can I get a little music, please, from Aaron? That's perfect. The Dark Knight. What is this? Because this is exactly what I felt when I read this statement yesterday. He thanks everybody for reaching out, calling, texting, DMing. Uh, it's mean uh, meant a ton to him. He's completely heartbroken, moving through all the emotions. Here is the part that caught my attention. The night is always darkest before the dawn. I This is my horrible attempt at Christian Bale as Batman. The night is always darkest as the dawn. And I shall rise yet again. Wow! Would have been a lot more dramatic on an Instagram post if he had actually set it into a camera. But no, he wrote it instead. And that's what we're left with. He is coming back. He is proud of his guys, but he wants to play in 2024. The real issue is, should the Jets really want him? I keep thinking about this scenario, Joe, moving forward. And there has been one big thing that has lacked with the New York Jets for so long. Just one, huh? Well, one big thing that's been a, a big part of why. It kind of has tentacles to everything else as to why they have struggled. And that is a lack of consistency in what they do. And they have gone all in on this Aaron Rodgers move. And for year one, it didn't work out. But for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks during the offseason, we wondered once it happened if they were going to get more than one year out of him. And it was important for them to get more than one year out of Aaron Rodgers. I am skeptical about his ability to play at the level that he did as an MVP, Joe. But the Jets financially can't afford to move on because it's going to kill their cap. But secondarily, and more importantly, they need to have him back for next year to take another run at this if they're not getting home this year. So the Rodgers cap hit next year is $17.1 million. That's not bad at all in terms of what his individual charge is 
to the team's salary cap. But if he's not on the team, his dead cap charge, $66 million. Bingo. That's quite a large number and quite a large percentage of the money the Jets would have available to spend elsewhere. So if you're going to move on from Rodgers, it is going to be costly. If you run it back with him, I completely understand why. You're up you-know-what creek. But to be honest with you, I really don't think Rodgers coming back next year is going to be good enough to take this team to where they want to go, which is to to win the Super Bowl. I He's coming off a year last year where there were a lot of questions. And we came up with a lot of excuses. Maybe he was a little bit checked out on Green Bay. Maybe it turned out the wide receiving unit wasn't necessarily up to par. Okay, I can get behind that because his his body of work throughout his career is tremendous. Tremendous. But he was in a situation last year where he threw more interceptions than in any other season since 2008, the first year he was a starter. So it's something worth monitoring. Then this season, we think, all right, he's got a great unit around him. He's going to bounce back. He gets hurt on the fourth snap of the season, and it's an Achilles injury. And everyone you and I have talked to about these Achilles injuries, led by Sean Merriman yesterday, said he was never the same. Never the same. His explosion was never there. And Rodgers is a guy who's very good with his feet, very good buying time in the pocket so his wide receivers can get open down the field. He turns 40 in December. Next year would be his age 41 season. I just don't see a tremendous amount of upside. That doesn't mean he would be terrible, but I think the Rodgers who won all of those MVPs, I don't think that's the guy you'd be getting next year. Look, first of all, let's find out what Nathaniel Hackett has on this because. Oh, yeah, that's where we got to go first. He's plugged in on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is this is I don't know why you didn't lead with this. Yeah, why are we exactly. leading with your chins? <laughs> That was your choice, not mine. That's fair. Here's the Jets offensive coordinator. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever Aaron's got his mindset on something, uh, good luck for anybody that wants to change his mind. So he's coming back. He's coming okay. back. The problem is it's going to be up to him. Canty this morning on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio offered a similar take as to what you had to say. We all recognize that this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. I understand that. But we don't know that it's a Hall of Fame quarterback that's coming back off of this Achilles injury. We don't know what version of him is going to show up in his age 41 season, which is what it would be in 2024. So if there's no guarantee that he's going to stay healthier than what he was this year and or he's going to be as productive as we've seen him in the past three or four years, then why would you commit as an organization to Aaron Rodgers when there could be other quarterbacks that have less risk associated with them, even though the upside might not be as great. Well, very smart take. That's a very smart take right there. Very rare from that show and from him, but a smart take regardless. Oh, we'll get to him later on. Okay. But I don't think we need to do that. (laughs) He's had enough airtime today. Here's the thing for Rogers at this point, the jets really don't have a better option next year. If he's not going to be the same, at 41, like what changes between now and next year in the fact that he's not playing football at all? And I know that this is an injury that can be tricky to come back with. What choice do they have and what better option do they have? They need to have some consistency in that building. And while he's not playing this year, he's going to be in that building and be a big part of what's going on in trying to get Zach Wilson ready to play and get his teammates and the rest of the offense ready to play. I expect him to be around a lot come a few weeks from now. I really do. I think he's going to spend a lot of time in that facility, and the Jets have been changing over coaches and quarterbacks and GMs every two and three years for entirely too long. Joe Douglas was dead wrong about Zach Wilson. 
He's been pretty much right about everything else. But when you're wrong about the quarterback, it's costly. There's no point to move on from him immediately when in every other position he's put you in the right spot. There's no point to move on from Robert Sala after year three when he hasn't had the quarterback and he loses his guy this year after four plays. Consistency is one of the most important things in football. It it, it really is. And that's what drives me absolutely insane at the notion that bringing him back next year is not the best way to go for the Jets. But would this be consistency? Because when you think about it, last year it's Wilson, Mike White, and Joe Flacco. This year it's Wilson and to be determined. Next year it would be Rodgers. And then what would it be the year after that? Do you worry about that two years from now? But that would still be inconsistent, would it not? Because you're not having Rodgers Well, you've decided to go in on Rodgers, okay? You're going to bail out on it that quickly? You're going to bail out on that plan and take a massive financial hit. All of that, that quickly? See, that's the thing. You're not going to have a better option because of the way the deal is structured. That's the problem. Like, there's, there's two conversations. There's the what will you do and what should you do. Ultimately, you'd like to create a situation where you could probably go with a different option at the quarterback position, given everything we laid out earlier, the age, the injury and everything in between. But what can you do? What are you going to do? And you're right. As you look around the landscape of the NFL, what options are going to be out there that are more appealing to you that are better on the field, but also come in a more cost effective manner? And outside of drafting a rookie that might be good that start from week one, it's probably going to be Aaron Rodgers and just rolling the dice there, hoping that the injury, the rehab, everything goes according to plan, and he's able to play at a high enough level next year where you can once again lean on that defense. Give yourself some time. Try to bulk up the offensive line. Evaluate this team right now for what they can be next year because you're not competing for a Super Bowl this year. And I know people don't want to hear that. It's only week one. They are 1-0. and Come on, man. You can't tell me all offseason that this team is just a quarterback away from the Super Bowl get Rodgers, tell me they're going to win the Super Bowl, lose Rodgers, and then tell me, don't worry, we can still contend for said Super Bowl. No, you can't, and you know it, because that's why you went out and got Rodgers to begin with. And when you did it, you pigeonholed yourself for the future if something like this should happen. Now, nobody was counting on this, but, hey, the Jets having bad luck, that's nothing new. That's nothing new at all. Uh, And you can't necessarily take that into account when you're making those decisions. But I wouldn't rule it out either. I I wouldn't rule it out. And that kind of thing can just happen. And the Jets, unfortunately, are going to have to do it because they committed themselves to this plan. Everybody, Everybody has bad luck. Every team in the NFL has bad luck. The thing with the Jets is because they never have any good luck, we think of them to be this snake-bitten franchise. Everybody goes through these downtimes. Everyone has key injuries at the wrong time to derail seasons. It seems like it always happens to the Jets because we never see anything good happen for the Jets because they're an organization that hasn't put themselves in position to capitalize when the opportunity's been there. They got close a little bit when Rex was coaching them, and that was a pretty well-run operation, but ultimately it looks like they're so snake-bitten because the reality is they never have anything good to show you. Philadelphia had years of misery, but they bookended it a few years ago with the Super Bowl win, so everyone remembers that instead. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Lines are open for you on if the Jets should, in fact, 
move on from Aaron Rodgers immediately after this year or if they need to ride this out. We will also tell you why in just moments the Jets need to be watching tonight's Thursday night football game exceptionally closely. Uh, That coming up about an hour from now. But week two is beginning tonight. I'll tell you why. See, I need to read these teases before they go. There we go. Classic uh, grammatical slip up. Uh I'll tell you why everything but the result needs to be different for this is a this is an Evan Wilner special here. Evan, take me Pull through the, the process just, of writing this. Just get this out piece. of here. Pull the ripcord and just go. Go to break. Pull the ripcord. All right, great. Don't even, don't up, even set up this tonight. I'll tell you why. Everything but the result needs to be different for a Super Bowl contender. I'm not going to tell you that, but Chris will. That's That'll next. Hook ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Oh, rough night on Monday. We never even gave out the under, which hit. So the two we did give out ended up being losers. 0-2, down 2.25 units. Overall, as a show, not a hot start. 2-6, minus 4.33 units. Well, We're going to get it back you tonight. Say, thir- you, say, you say overall as a show. This is you. This I'm not taking blame for this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. That's dynamite dropping right there. You, Carlin, uh, absolved from all of this. This is strictly me. So Team overall, guy. as an individual... <laughs> two and six minus 4.33 units. We got two plays tonight that we're going to start with, but throughout the show, we've got a few more we'll hand out. Number one, over 49 total points. I think the total for this game is down because both offenses between Minnesota and Philadelphia looked a little lackluster last week, but there's reason to believe they'll score more tonight. Minnesota in the second half of that game against Tampa Bay had four drives inside the Tampa Bay 30-yard line. They came away with zero points on those four drives. I don't think that's something that can happen again. On top of that, 
that. Philadelphia struggled because they were rusty. They hadn't played the starters in preseason. New England has a pretty decent defense. I like the Eagles to light it up tonight. Brian Flores is the defensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. He likes to play a lot of man coverage, and he likes to blitz. If those guys don't get home on the blitz against Hurts, who can buy extra time in the pocket with his legs, there's a young secondary that's going to get exposed in the back end. So, with all that logic in mind, we're going to go over 49 points, and we're also going to play Jalen Hurts' longest completion of the night over 38 and a half yards. Like I said, Minnesota's going to blitz. They're going to get caught. Philly's going to have at least one big play for 39 or more yards. So, your first two pizza monies of the day, Eagles, Vikings, over 49 points. Jalen Hurts, over 38 and a half yards for his longest reception. I'm not concerned about the Philadelphia Eagles. I think they will figure it out. Now I want to see how they respond, and I think they'll be all right against the Vikings. I really do. Vikings never play well in Philadelphia. And it's always going to be a great battle with the top corners in the league. I'm always excited to have those type of matchups, but uh, it's definitely, you know, some tension going into the game. He's an amazing player, man. Tough task, high energy guy, you know, grab the catch, full goal speed. So uh, it'll take always a team effort to you know, stop a guy like that. Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-ESPN. Follow us on all the social channels, at Joe Fortenbaugh on Twitter, at Jay Fortenbaugh on Instagram, at Chris Carlin, at that guy Carlin over on the gram. You know, I, I am blown away by the fact that we have so many people seemingly doubting the Philadelphia Eagles already off of one game, off of what happened this past week. You kind of detailed some of their offensive struggles immediately but when you look back at what they were last year jumping off this quickly to me is just loco in every single way when they were going up against a defense last week joe that was exceptionally good in the new england patriots and they have already said, as Nick Sirianni did this past week, they need to approach the preseason differently and play their guys more so that they're not as rusty as they were this past week. Credit Sirianni for realizing that, because I think that's a trend that's rearing its ugly head early in the season here. The Eagles had, I believe it was three or four possessions in a row in the first half of that game against New England where they went three and out. They looked really sloppy. They had points on the board thanks to a Darius Slay pick six, as well as an Ezekiel Elliott fumble that took place deep in Philadelphia's territory. So the Eagles got the ball turned around and immediately scored there. You go up and down what happened last week, there are a lot of teams that struggled offensively and they're teams that rested starters or didn't have their starters available in the preseason. Cincinnati only hung three points against Cleveland. It's a good defense, don't get me wrong, but three points is still a pathetic excuse for a performance. You work your way down, Philadelphia only hung 25 on New England and the defense played a large role in that. Minnesota, Minnesota, excuse me, only scored 17 at home against Tampa Bay. You had a Baltimore team that hung 25, but only seven in the first half. And Lamar Jackson didn't play throughout the course of the preseason either. So I think Sirianni's on to something, and I think other teams are going to follow suit, especially the ones that are losing these early games. If you want to rest everybody the whole month of August, fine. They're going to be healthy, but they're not going to look good early in the season. I couldn't agree more. It's it's not a great move to do that and to get absolutely no reps for your guys. And if you're trying to say that it's exactly the same in whether it's your joint practices or whether it's practice itself, we don't know that's not true. Even preseason games, we understand that it doesn't have the same energy that a regular season game is going to have. 
But at the very least, you need to put them in situations that are as similar to it as possible. The Eagles tonight, behind Jalen Hurts, I don't expect them to have much of a problem. I really don't. And I, I don't have a ton of faith in the Vikings, but I do have a ton of faith in Jalen Hurts, Joe. Why is there the concern right away that off of the season that he had last year, off of everything that he did right leading into last year, does everybody somehow believe that that's now going to fall apart? If you want to point to the coordinators and say, he's got a new offensive coordinator, that's fine. It's not like Brian Johnson wasn't around. He was around. You know, he was on the staff. So that's one thing to me. And number two, the Eagles are still an exceptionally talented team. Remember the draft? Remember how much we were all marveling over the job that they did in, a, in getting the talent that they did, that they somehow lucked into Jalen Carter at the ninth pick? Like, we are just just tossing all of that aside immediately because we can't wait to, to throw away the team that is the best team in the NFC completely. There are some sound assessments that have been made after week one regarding teams that might have issues based on a small sample size, right? Like, I think if you're looking at Washington, for example, offensively, that's not what you wanted to see in week one. Maybe that's something that will continue throughout the course of the season. Carolina, very similar. Uh, We saw a lot of struggles in the preseason on the offensive line. They weren't very explosive. Bryce Young didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball. That reared its head in week one as well. You can make those assessments. To look at what Philadelphia did in week one and to be concerned is just misguided because there's not a whole lot there. You're right. There's new coordinators and they were a very healthy team last season. So maybe they sustained some injuries. But at the end of the day, Carlin, if I'm not mistaken, didn't they go to New England in the rain and still win the game? Yeah. Like they still found a way to win the game. It didn't look brilliant. But they went to somebody else's house in week one and found a way. That's more the hallmark of a talented team than anything else, right? Win them ugly. We know they can win them pretty. Win them ugly. They know how to win. That was You didn't play your best game or even close to it. No. That, to me, was even more impressive than anything else. Now, I am curious where you come down on this tonight. Because a lot's being made of Justin Jefferson and Darius Slay. What is your expectation there, not just from a betting perspective on Jefferson, because that's one that I am looking long and hard at right now, but also from the offensive perspective with Minnesota, when we are espousing the virtues of the Jets pursuing Kirk Cousins here. Heavyweight matchup. Both guys are going to get their shots in. Slay will not be locking down Jefferson because you can't lock down Jefferson. Conversely, Jefferson isn't going to get away with a 10-catch, 200-yard, three-touchdown night because Darius Slay is one of the best in the business. So I think as we watch the matchup unfold tonight, you're going to have both guys landing big shots throughout the course of the game. Keep in mind for the Eagles, no James Bradbury tonight, their other Pro Bowl cornerback, so that's going to be something to watch. For the Vikings, they're down their starting center. And going against this Eagles defensive line, that is a problem. So for Minnesota, Cousins getting the ball out of his hands quickly and getting it to Jefferson – That's going to be problematic tonight. You saw last year at Lincoln Financial Field in week two when these two met. Philadelphia's pressure was overwhelming. They smothered the Vikings. Tonight, Cousins is going to have to get that ball out of his hands in a hurry if they want to have a chance to compete in this game because the pressure is going to come. It's going to come early. It's going to come often. So if I'm looking at Jefferson tonight. Yeah. And the over-under seems to be six and a half on catches. 
and on yards, uh, it's 94 and a half. Whew. That's a big number for tonight, isn't it? Yeah, I've got some props for some of the other receivers in this game that we'll give out later in the show. I don't have yeah. anything on Jefferson. It's one of those guys where when I see that number, my first thought is too high. I'm going under. I don't think Cousins is going to have enough time in the pocket to consistently target him with solid, catchable balls. But do you want to bet against a guy like Justin Jefferson? That's what it comes down to. Scenarios like that for me, oftentimes it's just a pass. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Some are saying that the Bills need to have a very difficult conversation with Josh Allen. I'm wondering why it wouldn't have happened already. It's next. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Josh Allen, for the first time in his NFL career, is feeling that pressure. What if he can't do it? No one gives Josh Allen smoke. What we saw last night was a travesty. There is not a quarterback in this league that is considered on a higher level than Josh Allen that is more overrated. You can't find one. It's not Mahomes. It's not Burrow. It's not Hurts. This is ridiculous to think that this guy is on that level. He constantly makes the same damn mistakes. Look. I am just completely befuddled at the fact that we are in year six with Josh Allen and still talking about these mistakes. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80. Let's hear from Josh Allen after his four turnovers the other night and how he feels his playing style needs to change. You know, it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes we get away with it, and sometimes it's the greatest play ever. Sometimes... It happens the other way, like like it did Monday night, and um, you know I I understand I want I want to be smarter. I want to help this team win football games. I don't want to put the ball in, in harm's way or in jeopardy. Um, and just trying to again trust that and trust the guys on the field with me and um, play selfless ball. You know when we start that comment, Joe, it's sometimes I get away with it. <laughs> I mean, that in and of itself, isn't that a bigger problem? That That's how you have to approach it when you are taking these chances. Well, sometimes I get away with it. Most times I don't. How is it possible that we are still here? Because I've heard an awful lot about Brian Dayball. And if we go back and we really look at Josh Allen's history, the double-digit interceptions are nothing new to the last two years. They have happened four out of the five years he's been in the league. 
He still coughs the ball up plenty. Joe, when does it change for Josh Allen? And when does the message finally get through that as dynamic of a player as he is, he cannot, cannot continue to cost his team? Yet everyone just so upset about Josh Allen this week. A bad game. Bad game for sure. He deserves plenty of criticism for that game. But now we've turned this narrative into, okay, Josh Allen is overrated. He's costing his team. He's not good enough. And we've spent the week as a national media trying to knock him down a peg. I mean, last year, seventh in the NFL in passing yards, tied for second in passing touchdowns, eighth in quarterback rating, ahead of guys like Trevor Lawrence, who everybody loves, Justin Herbert, who everybody loves, and oh, by the way, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who, you know, we thought well, the world of him. Well, he was atrocious last year. <laughs> thought the world of him. Right, right, right. But we have the excuse for him, right? We have the excuse for him. He was atrocious last year, but he was going to win the Super Bowl this year. And now with Allen, he's this big problem in Buffalo. Buffalo has been a big problem for years until Josh Allen arrived. All right. He's not the sole reason why they're suddenly competitors. They have good coaching. They've built up a good defense. Matt Milano is a tremendous linebacker. When Von Miller's out there, that defense can cook. Steph Diggs is a wonderful player. They've built that organization up. But post Jim Kelly until Josh Allen, the Bills stunk. I mean, Doug Flutie, it was nice when he was there, but that was limited. Rob Johnson, everyone remembers what happened in Tennessee. J.P. Losman, who you brought up yesterday. Trent Edwards, like, you can go through the list of quarterbacks and how Buffalo was an afterthought. Like, Buffalo wasn't even competitive. Allen comes in. He stabilizes the organization. He gives them a face. They play well. They're in the playoffs every single year. He puts up big numbers, but because he turns the ball over too often, now we're knocking him down. All right, if we don't want to put him in QB tier number one, that's fine. That's reserved for Mahomes and very few, if any, others. But the idea now this week that Josh Allen is this huge problem just because a couple people sent some tweets out about turnovers. Let's pump the brakes on this. I think we're going a little overboard with the Josh Allen criticism. If he lights up the Raiders this week, what ends up happening on Monday? Do we acknowledge that? Because this guy's put some ridiculous performances on tape, and that's what we used to look at. Now we're focused on this, and rightfully so, because like I said, he did cost them that game on Monday night. Well, there's a few different things here. Number one, uh, the turnover thing was a problem last year. They Correct. Had, he had five red zone interceptions last year. Like, that just cannot happen. It cannot happen. Number two, when you are that dynamic of a player, when you are that great, it makes it all the more maddening when you make those kind of mistakes. And it makes it all the more maddening when, as much as you are the leader of that franchise and everything that you just laid out, over the last 20 years, everything that the Bills have not had over the last 20 years, and you're continuing to then screw it up in the biggest moments, that's a killer. That's an absolute killer. It's not knocking the talent level that the guy has. It's acknowledging that he looks like someone who is not learning from his mistakes. And this caught my attention this morning from Dan Orlovsky on Get Up. And what needs to happen with Allen at this point? Someone in that building, we're Thursday, so I'm assuming this has happened. Someone in that building has to have the courage to sit down, look him dead in the eye as a grown man and say, we have to grow up. 
And that is not a belittling statement. That's not picking on him. But there are times in games where Josh has to sit there and say, it's no longer cool or fun or, wow, look at me, run around and make all these crazy throws. Someone's going to have to have the courage to sit there and go, Josh, we got to grow up. You're one of the best players in the league. You are unquestionably our best player. But when we get reckless with the football, we hurt our football team. And that has to stop. And just finally on this, Joe, to, to what you were speaking about earlier, the Bills have not won a Super Bowl, okay? They're not moving on from Josh Allen anytime soon, but he is supposed to be the guy to deliver that. And as long as he's doing this, that's not going to happen. And I feel like this is just who Josh Allen is. What do you, what do you think Orlovsky means by grow up? Like, is he not taking the job serious? Is he not preparing seriously? Or is I, it I when he's it, on the field, he's a little bit too casual, so to speak? That's the one. I took it to mean okay. I'm going to take too many chances on the field because I believe in my ability that much because I'm that great. That's what I took okay. it to mean. I didn't take it to mean like he's not taking things seriously off the field. Yeah, I didn't I didn't take it that way either. I just wanted to clarify there because sure. I don't think he would have said it like that because I don't think anyone believes that that's actually the case. He is putting in the work. And we did see the jump from early in the career when he had a ton of turnovers to later in the career as he got better with the football and started making better decisions. If you remember his first run in Buffalo when he first got there, he was terrible. Oh, yeah. He was a kid coming out of Wyoming. They had taken a big chance with him. High upside guy, but there was a lot that needed to be polished up. And he did make that jump. But now if he is going to take this team to the ultimate level of winning the Super Bowl, the turnovers can't happen. You're absolutely right about that. The turnovers can't happen. So we'll see. We'll see if he can find the maturation and the 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 focus necessary to put his team in favorable positions moving forward. I mean, this game against the Raiders this week is, a, is an ultimate bounce-back spot. You're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. You're at home. The Raiders had a nice win in week one, but they are a beatable team that had a suspect defense last year. So if you play a clean game this week, that's a step in the right direction. If you're out there making the same mistakes, you could see this thing spiraling out of control early in the year. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M Channel 80. Is it possible that somehow, some way, someone has taken the attention off Deion Sanders in college football. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN radio. Sador drops looking downfield. Right side of the end zone. Grab. Touchdown. Touchdown. Colorado. Shadour Sanders to throw. Runs out to his left. He's going to pump. He's going to run. Dies. End zone. respect was gone for them in their program. The respect level, it ain't there because you disrespected us first. People taking shots again at Dion. Don't know that that's the best, soundest game plan. Carlin versus Joe, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. I am confident now that uh, during the break, as we were talking, we have now figured out that if the apocalypse comes, we're pretty much both screwed with a complete lack of skills across the board. Yeah, I mean, that. I don't know how we got on that topic, but... We were probably talking about how thankful we are for these jobs and how we're so, so incapable of of contributing in any other way to what happens in society out there on a regular basis. I'm the first one dead in an apocalypse. First one. I I did think it was amazing 
the way that you laid out. Yeah, maybe me firing off takes in the middle of the apocalypse is <laughs> not going to be really helping the situation out. Yeah, no one's going to need the contrarian point of view with the, hey, guys, maybe this isn't as bad. Hear me out. Triple eight, say ESPN. <laughs> It's just no one's people need to problem solve. And when they're problem solving, they don't need a guy, a loud mouth at that coming in, giving them the the hot angle for how to approach everything. I am either going to be the first one eaten when they get to cannibalism because I'm just going to be the easiest to track down or I'm going to be the guy. I am basically going to be a fat canary that you will send into a mine shaft to find out if you can go in there and hide and breathe. Yeah, you'd have to find a skill, though. You'd have to find some skill that you could contribute. Do you have anything, like literally anything you could contribute to people who are trying to stay alive? Takes do not count. I I replaced a drywall tile once. Okay. That's about it. (laughs) You're one up on me in that department. I didn't really finish it, though. And the other guy come in and do it. Well, craftsmanship won't be at the forefront of everyone's mind. That's a great point. As long as it's sufficient. Uh, Look. If you're taking shots at Deion Sanders, as apparently Matt Rule did, you're going to pay for it. And now Jay Norvell, who is the Colorado State head coach, and let's call this what it is. Most of us didn't know who the Colorado State head coach was before this week. And before this comment, really. Well, he said this on his coach's show, courtesy of Learfield IMG, in relation to Deion Sanders. You know, we're excited. Our kids are really, you know, we had to do a bunch of ESPN videos, and it was great. I loved it. And and uh, But our kids came out of those videos really with a chip on their shoulder. They're tired of all that stuff. They really are tired of it. And I sat down with ESPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off, and I said, when I talk to grown-ups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother talked So, you know, they're not going to like us no matter what we say or do. It doesn't matter, okay? So let's go up there and play. And so I, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. And so I don't mean to take over the show, but it's your show. I'm just tired of <laughs> I mean, I'm tired of all that stuff. It's just, it's, it's, and I know everybody else is too. Well, that's one strategy. That's one strategy. I, I would say it's, it, it really is something to give a speech on how your mother raised you to behave a certain way while you're firing shots at someone else. Right. Like, yeah. I'm sure that so there was never a speech about making fun of others, poking fun at others. That is all about make sure the hat and the sunglasses are off when you're around adults. But then you can say whatever you want about anyone. What, what's the big deal, man? What's the big deal? Like, I, I, I it's got to be rules, comments, Norvell's comments, everyone's comments, strict jealousy at the fact that Dion has gotten so much attention and had so much success in such a short amount of time. That's the only thing I can come up with here. Because other than that, not a whole lot makes sense. Is that how Novell operates on a regular basis? Just pointing out sunglasses and hats all across the globe that need to be removed because adults are in the room? Is that his thing? Because if it is, so be it. But if it's just coming up in this occasion to take a shot at Dion, well, you're a 23-point dog this week, man. So good luck in that matchup. Yeah, my guess is that that's the context in which it comes up. It's got to be jealousy. It's just dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb to do that to Deion Sanders. It's dumb to do that to Colorado when you heard Shador Sanders say last week, yeah, we took some of that stuff personally. Now, 
I will say this. You know, the hat thing, whatever. They're making reference to interviews that Dion does, and he's got his hat and his sunglasses on. Probably not for Jane Norvell to point out, but when I had to listen to Dion a couple of years ago make such a big deal about how he should be called coach and that it's a sign of respect, well, when you're talking to somebody and you're doing an interview, that's also kind of a lack of respect for the other person. Here's Dion just to refresh your memory from what happened a couple of years ago during a press conference when he was the Jackson State head coach. Hey, Dion, I was just wondering if you could. Uh... Oh, hold on, let's back up a little bit. You don't call Nick Saban Nick. Don't call me Dion now, okay? Like, I call Nick Saban Nick. Yeah, call you don't. Dion. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> if, you, if you call Nick Nick, you know you'll get cussed out on the spot. So don't do that to me. Treat me like Nick. Okay, Dion. <laughs> um, right. Just. Uh... Dion got up and walked away. So here's my point. If you're talking to somebody, if you and I are doing an interview with somebody and we're sitting across from them, they don't want to take their sunglasses off, that's up to them. But I do take it as a little bit of disrespect toward me. If if Dion's going to get that upset oh, about this is the old man yelling at the cloud thing coming. Not, here. not really. Is? Not really. What it feels like. Well, I understand that, but it, it's more of. How would you take that if you're sitting across from somebody and they don't take and you're doing a one on one interview with them and I'm supposed to call him coach because I got to show him the respect, but he's not taking his glasses off to at least look at me hat. I don't care. Glasses. Look me in the eye. Okay, so that I'm because that was going to be my next question. What is it about wearing the sunglasses that's disrespectful? Because I think it's it's not looking somebody in the eye when you can't you're talking see that person in, the in that in that situation. Norvell shouldn't be the guy pointing this out because that's just dumb on his part. But I don't actually have a real disagreement with the premise of what he's saying. Uh, if the hat thing, whatever, that's where it, it goes for me. I want to look somebody in the eye because to me, that's a sign of respect. Okay. No? I can I, I can understand what you're saying. I, I, I would be more inclined. I'm always more inclined to look at the intent on behalf of the other party. Right. Okay. If, if if Dion's intending, intending to wear the sunglasses because he wants to disrespect you, then, yeah, I would see that as a problem. If he's wearing the sunglasses and the hat because that's his style and he means no disrespect, he's sitting down, he's talking to you. That's just how he dresses. Then if the intent isn't there, why should I get banged up about it? Right. Like I can't control what it is that he's doing. I can only control my response to it. If he's doing it intentionally, then, yeah, that's a you know what kind of move. But if this is who he is, which I mean, this is what we've seen forever. He's always been flashy. He's been wearing sunglasses since he came on the scene at Florida State way back in the day. I don't necessarily think he's out to in, to offend, offend anybody. I think it's Dion being Dion, Dion having style, Dion thinking it looks good. If somebody Dion calls, makes it look good, but if he does, I won't argue that. But Dion, if somebody calls him Dion as opposed to uh, as opposed to coach, is that really disrespecting him? Well, that is that that's an interesting point, because I can understand if you've earned a certain title, if you'd like to be referred to that way. I I don't know. Had he made that clear to everyone prior to that moment? Right. Like this is back in the Jackson State days. I don't know how many reporters were well aware of the fact that that's what he wanted to be addressed as. Look, for me, it's about a mutual respect both ways. And I don't think there's any harm in saying that somebody should look you in the eye. But I get where Dion's coming from the coach thing. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.